0: We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society. And today we'll be talking about the recent expulsion of two Tennessee Democrats from the Tennessee House of Representatives. We'll be talking about the legalities and what this means to the House of Representatives in Tennessee going forward. Let's listen in. Okay, Brooke. So today we're going to be talking about the Tennessee House of Representatives and the fact that they have just expelled two Democratic members from their ranks for a protest. So what are you thinking?
1: I'm looking at the differences between the George Santos situation where, oh, we can't remove him, can't do this, we can't do that, because the voters have to recall him, or there's really nothing we can do, whereas in Tennessee... They can apparently just expel anybody they want. I notice that the one person who was allowed to come back into the fold just happened to have the same skin color as everybody else, whereas the two who were permanently expelled, regardless of the will of the voters who elected them to office, were black.
0: That is an interesting uh, thing to note when we're talking about this issue. Absolutely,
1: and and yet people say, "Oh, there is no systemic racism in the United States. Equal opportunity in the United States." And the the I I really want to know what the individuals were expelled for. I mean, what they were genuinely expelled for, not whatever justification was given.
0: They, they were expelled for a procedural issue that the protest, let's remember, there was a bunch of, of young people that came to the Tennessee House protesting because of the Nashville shooting. They entered into the House. They were in the gallery. Uh, they were outside the House. And these three Democrats, and they are Justin Jones, uh, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson, basically... Interrupted the business of the House to encourage the protests that were being undertaken by these young people. The Tennessee House, of course, that's disrupting the business of the Tennessee government, the the business of the House, and that's what they were expelled for. And yes, Gloria Johnson, who is white, was not expelled. Now there's being calls of that the Tennessee Republicans are being accused of overt racism. She was equally as involved as the other two. Why did you, if you felt this strongly, why did you not expel all three? So it was a procedural thing. And in a procedural matter, expulsion is almost unheard of. Usually you have to do something a lot, you know, like a George Santos, that great example you gave you have to have something a lot more than just you disrupted us and it's a procedure. So that would, that's why they were expelled.
1: Okay. So then the people of young people of Tennessee who wanted to be heard, I mean, do they need to make an appointment in order not to disrupt the bit? No, because I'm serious. It's, 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 aren't their concerns part of the business of the the Tennessee legislature
0: you would think I and the reason you you said you were serious because I was kind of laughing because
1: we, we can see each you, other we can see
0: each other and yeah. it's the ridiculousness of 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 the thought that that's what you have to do I have to make an appointment to protest
1: yes I mean to come in and without interrupting business and say excuse me um I would like to, to, I don't want to interrupt your procedure and therefore I would like to be heard. And without interrupting procedure, I'd like to be scheduled into your procedure, uh, as part of a, uh, part of your procedure to have my concerns heard.
0: Well, uh, and and the Senate and the Tennessee House Representatives works just like most other representative houses in the states and in the federal. Who gets to talk is determined by the speaker of the house. So you can make an appointment but that doesn't mean that you're going to get that opportunity. The thing that gets me is, is that most House of Representatives, and I'm going to use that as a general term for all, for all the states and and for the federal government. Sometimes they're called assemblies and sometimes they're called, you know, whatever. That's the people's house. Unlike the Senate, the House of Representatives in Tennessee is the people's house. Where else are the people supposed to go than their own house to express their concerns? These representatives were, spe- were expelled for decorum. Just for a breaking of decorum, that's it. The Republican representatives in the state of Tennessee did not want to address this issue. It was probably very uncomfortable for him to see a gallery of young people up there shouting down and demanding that their house does something about an issue. So close to home, especially after the shootings in Nashville. So as we say before, democracy is a very messy business. And this just goes to show how messy it truly is. And hopefully these people will have a memory because the two that were expelled actually can run again and be put back in. But for the time being, those people that they represent are now not represented. So there's that to consider as well. Now, a special election has to be held. That could take two or three months. The same would happen if Santos was expelled, of which I would say that his constituency would probably be not unhappy about the fact that, okay, yeah, we're going to be not representative, represented for the next couple of months. That's perfectly fine. We just want to get rid of him and they can return if they're reelected, which I would assume they can't, they will be. We run the whole play all over again.
1: And in the meantime, of course, nothing changes. Exactly. Yeah. That I find very, very upsetting. So- Regarding the January 6th, and I realize that this is going to expose my relative ignorance, were the people, the insurrectionists, breaking into the House of Representatives' House or the Senate?
0: They broke into the congressional building. Uh, The most you see is the breaking into the House. That's where a lot of the footage that you're going to see. But they also did infiltrate the Senate. Because let's remember, the, the vote to certify the election happens in the House of Representatives. That's where it starts. But senators were running just as much as anybody else. They were on lockdown like everybody else.
1: So then the fact that protesters could enter the People's House of the state of Tennessee while the House was in session and yell from the gallery is fine. But insurrectionists entering the congressional building was illegal.
0: Well, and, and there's a huge difference here. Now, if if you're if you're in the gallery and you're yelling,
1: mm-hmm. can
0: the Sergeant of Arms of the House remove you? Absolutely, because you're disrupting. There's a huge difference between a bunch of young people in the gallery holding signs and shouting at their representatives, compared to January 6, where people are breaking windows, hang Mike Pence, hang Nancy Po. There's there's a world of difference between the way it was accomplished. Now, if they walked through the front door and filled the gallery of the House of Representatives, they're allowed to do that. They're just not allowed to break down doors, fight police, come in with weapons and things like that. That they're not allowed to do. So there's there's a huge difference here between one and the other. And I've heard some politicians try to make that correlation oh well this is no different than yeah it is a lot different than yes yeah this is this is worlds different and if you can't see that there's no discussion to be had it was conducted differently protesters yes they were shouting but they weren't hurting anybody they had no intentions of hurting anybody they didn't come down onto the the floor of the house that's the way it's supposed to be That's the way it's supposed to work. You know, any correlation between the two is totally, totally totally, ridiculous.
1: It's totally bogus.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, And it's intended to deflect the argument and to cause the, the conversation to veer off into an entirely different direction. So therefore, because the three Tennessee House of Representatives Democrats were also protesting and saying we need to do something, we need to act, we're here to act on behalf of the people, why are we doing nothing except chat, talk, 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 then they were, the two who just happened to be black, were expelled. One point that I heard that was very, very interesting, and I I thought this was very interesting, was that Two armed guards should be stationed at the door of every school in the United States. And I thought to myself, okay, and exactly how much is that going to cost? And how is that going to be paid for?
0: And I, I think it's important to remember that we have armed guards.
1: And that was, this was from a Republican.
0: Right. We, we already have armed guards. Well,
1: this would be at the door. So and- two at every door for every school. In the United States. Now, and whether what I, it's just the front door, I don't know. But if you mean two at every single door, I mean, where, where, um, I mean, there are schools that have more than one door,
0: which, uh, which there's a Republican thing. There was a Republican that got up and said, we should only have one door, one door in and out that we could guard that. And my first thought was, okay. So if you have a fire yeah. and you've got, I don't know, a thousand students Yep, you got to get them out one door, and you yep. better hope the fire didn't happen at that one door, at the front door. Yeah,
1: you're gonna have people jumping out the windows. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, are you going? You're well. You're gonna have to have uh, emergency fire ladders in every single school and every single classroom, and more than one, and shoots like they have in airplanes that can roll out the windows. Okay. So, and then how much is that going to cost? Where are you going to store all that stuff and who's going to pay for it? So I don't know how much the salaries would be for all these additional guards, armed guards at every single school. But if you're going to have guards at every door at every school, this is a lot of money. And it's impractical. Yeah. It's impractical. Normally, as we, you and I were talking before, the Democrats are the ones who say, "Well, we'll just do this, but they never say how they're going to pay for it. This particular one was uh, was suggested by a Republican who said, "Well, we'll just have two armor. I'm thinking, and what would the salaries be for these people? forty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year, maybe, maybe more if, if they're well trained, plus the uniform plus the weapon plus the licensing, plus the refresher trainings, all of which would have to be paid for, plus life insurance, perhaps uh, health insurance, dental insurance, pension, and so forth for two people for every school in the United States, elementary, middle, high school. And then perhaps let's think about universities because there have been shootings at universities. So now we're talking how much money per year, every year, where are you going to get this from?
0: And the fact is, is that it's impractical as far as the cost is concerned. It's impractical as far as the practice is concerned. There are resource officers at almost all schools in the United States. Armed resource officers, they can't stop it. ovaldi in in Texas, you had 400 police officers that eventually showed up there, and they're afraid to go in. And I and I'm not I'm I'm not uh, condemning them. We did one about the shootings and. And I said, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to the two in Nashville that went in and and risked their lives to do it. Yeah. Uh, and they had a lot to lose because they were young. And I'm not saying that the Ivaldi uh, that they were cowards or anything like that. Absolutely not saying anything like that. They have a right to be afraid. But you have you have an army outside, and you're still. It's just impractical, and it doesn't work. All of this, you're going to spend all this money. You're going to do all of these things to basically uphold a misreading of the Second Amendment.
1: Well, the idea was to put these individuals outside the door so that the shooter would not get in. So you kill the person before the person gets in the door effectively or disarm the person, right? Um, Well... Now let's remember all the NRA contributions to Republicans plus if 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 many Republicans of course want to purchase guns and they want to own guns and they don't want to have their own second amendment rights taken away. Uh, as they understand their Second Amendment rights. And so they're going to defend that because that applies to them. So it's okay uh, if everybody owns guns and this is how we're going to resolve the problem. But again, they don't say how they're going to pay for it. Well, I look at all the jobs they're going to create.
0: Yeah. Again, you're right. They're they're going to come up with a whole bunch of convoluted reasons why this is such a great idea. L- let's, let's understand the concept of getting all of the guns out of the United States is also unrealistic. Mm -hmm. There are far too many of them. And I'm not advocating against the ability or the right of people to own a firearm. I own three. The idea of background checks, it might help, but then again, many of the people that have guns have no past criminal record. And this is sometimes their first offense. They have no past mental health issues that have been identified. This is the first time that it's acted out. So there is no foolproof way other than totally disarming everyone, which is really logistically not possible. The true issue, Americans have a gun fetish. I don't understand the fetish that there is with with guns. And I think that what happened to the uh, the Democrats in Tennessee show just how difficult it is, show just how invested in gun rights these Republicans in Tennessee believe that they are afraid of the debate. And I'm sure it was extremely concerning to those Republicans when they see, when you look up in the gallery and you see all those young people, when you look outside the House Rep your House of Representatives in any state and you see young people, these aren't old people in a retirement home. These are young people and they're going to vote for a long time. They don't just have like five or 10 years left in their life. These are young people and they're going to vote for a very long time. And young people, they have a long memory and they have a long time to have that long memory. Again, it's always a political calculation that's being made. A lot of it has to do with money. Absolutely. More of this, where young people get out and get mobilized. I've always said the most powerful group in the United States is young people they're the ones that are going to be here the longest and i really think that they're beginning to sit back and look at some of these issues that we face and saying you know what you old geriatrics aren't dealing with it and it's time that we stood up our voices were heard we're going to be around a lot longer than you are and we're going to vote
1: yeah and i think that that's critical i and i i certainly certainly hope that young people do stand up and make their voices heard and that they vote because it's it's enough older folks who are doing nothing except talk 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 and creating obstruction and causing more issues and problems for everyone and being illogical i think it's enough i really do i want these young people to uh to be able to vote and let's get going and i hope that they're smarter than we well and and we've always said
0: society evolves Yes. Society today is a lot different to the society that we grew up in. It's a lot different than the society our parents and our grandparents grew up in. And we seem to always be one step behind.
1: At least one step. Yeah. At
0: at least one step. I mean, really, when you look at, like, let's say the the Congress of the United States, senators and, and people in the House of Representatives, they're old, a lot of them. The most powerful people in that building are older than dirt. And hopefully. Again, we've, we've talked about this before. This is a turning point for American democracy with all that's going on with the litigations, with the former president, and, and all the other things that we're dealing with. There's the the culture wars that exist in the United States and everything that, that we're facing today. And I think the true answer to fixing much of this is young people getting out there and saying, we've had enough of of you old geriatrics, about time to kick yourself off the pedestal. We have real problems. You're not being, you, you obviously show yourself incapable of dealing with them. And it's time that we went out there and found people that represent us because 20 years from now, those young people are going to be the middle-aged people and those old people that, that kept you in office all these years are going to be gone. So yeah, it's, 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 It's one of those transformative times in American democracy, and it's something that uh, will be very interesting to keep an eye on as we move forward. Very. well. All right, Brooke, that's all the time we have for today. Another interesting conversation. And I I think we covered a lot of ground here, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in Tennessee. I I think that uh, the Republican in the house that expelled these these uh, two lawmakers, I think they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of blowback from this, and rightfully so.
1: I hope that they do. I hope that they do. I think it was a foolish, foolish, highly underthought move, unenlightened, uninsightful.
0: I agree. All right, Brooke, we'll talk to you again.
1: Yes, sir, Mark. We'll see you next time. All right.
0: So there you have our thoughts on this very important topic in the news today. We'd like to thank our sponsors for today's episode, Buzzsprout who hosts the Nova Society podcast and Podkite Analytics who keeps the analytical data for the Nova Society. As always, we'd like to thank all of our listeners and remember, the power of society is knowledge and we hope to see you all again next time.